Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I'm here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. Today, I want to chat with you guys. Gosh, I don't even know. I just want to go on a rant. Is that cool? Is it okay if I go on a rant today? (laughs) The birth industry has really got me fired up lately. I was reading somewhere the other day that an estimated 90% of medical professionals have never witnessed a physiological birth experience, or rather an unmedicated vaginal birth, which I totally believe. I mean, 70, what is it? 73% of mothers choose the epidural and there's other pain management options. So, you know, most of us are choosing pain management, right? When you know those statistics and understand that these medical professionals that you're going in to get support from for your birth experience, they've never witnessed an unmedicated birth experience, let alone know how to support one. So if you are planning an unmedicated birth in the hospital, I want you to be very aware (laughs) that the... This system is not set up to support you, okay? That's just the reality of the situation. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. That doesn't mean you can't pull it off. I believe you can. I just want you guys to understand what you're going up against. That's all. If that's your plan, stick around because I am here for you. That's what I do. I teach you guys how to navigate the system for what it is. And for mamas like you who want to have an unmedicated hospital birth, it's rigged against you quite literally. If you go into your birth experience having not done the prep work, your odds of success in that plan are probably slim to none. (laughs) And I want you to accomplish your plan. I just need you guys to understand that there's work to be done, okay? I was just reading this mama's story from, goodness, probably almost 15 years ago. She was sharing her story about how she was just completely abused by her medical staff during her birth experience, her first birth experience. And my goodness, when I say she had every intervention in the book and she had her medical provider, her OBGYN, came in was going to give her a cervical check to make sure that she could go home, make sure she wasn't dilated and sat there and broke her waters against her will. She was screaming for him to stop like disgusting abuse. And again, this was years ago, but that stuff absolutely still happens today. They've just got sneakier to be honest with you. The language that's being used in the hospital model is garbage. It's literal garbage. And I want you guys to be prepared for it because you're not going to have somebody come in and say, Hey, we want to break your waters. Um, we want to get your consent first. We want to make sure you understand the risks and the benefits. We want to sit here with you and discuss those with you and see, Hey, is this a good option for you in this moment? Now, some providers and nurses may do that. And I love that. That's amazing. Please continue to do that. It's awesome. But also (laughs) that is a very rare thing to come across in today's industry. And a lot of people don't even understand what I'm saying when I'm talking about the birth industry. So let me kind of explain what that means if you don't understand. (laughs) I've had people assume that I'm talking about companies that are selling things for births when I talk about the birth industry and how it's a business and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, of course, those people are selling their services and their products in exchange for money. I do the same thing. And it's not a bad thing that the hospitals are doing that as well. But it is a bad thing when it's setting you up for failure so that they can create maximum profits and repeat customers, as well as creating demand. Like 98.6% of births happen in the hospital. That's insane. Anyways, the birth industry, when I refer to that, I am talking about the fact that the same people that 
own the hospitals, also own the College of Gynecology. They're, they're creating the curriculum for the doctors. They own the hospitals, make the rules where the doctors work. They are creating the hospital birth prep classes. They own the Pitocin brand. They own the drugs that are for postpartum anxiety and depression. They literally have their hands in every single part of the system. And if you don't think those big freaking money rollers aren't concerned about their money, you might want to think again. This is not a secret information. This is not a conspiracy theory. If you want to go find the information, this stuff is public knowledge. Go look at the stockholders. Go read the information. Go to the business websites. Go look at your your hospital birth prep class curriculum. Who was it written by? Follow the money and you will learn so much. So what does this mean for you as a consumer of this industry? Because again, 98.6% of births happen in the hospital. So the odds of you listening to this and planning a hospital birth are pretty big. (laughs) If you go in unaware of how the system actually operates, what does that mean for you? When the system is designed to create a certain result repeatedly over and over and over again, and you don't want that result, what are you going to do to create a different result? Really quick story time. When I had my third baby, while she was crowning, I was on my hands and knees laboring as one does. My favorite way to labor towards the end and transition. So I was on my hands and knees in the bed. Baby's crowning, okay? I'm telling them, hey, I'm about to push this baby out. I want to stay on my hands and knees. They're telling me, no, you can't. They're sitting there fighting with me. I'm saying, yes, I can. I've seen it on the internet. There's other other ways to birth other than your back. They're like, well, you're not allowed and blah, blah, blah. So they put up like this whole fight with me. And having a baby coming out of my literal vagina, I wasn't equipped for the fight. I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I had never done the prep work. I was just having my third baby in the hospital doing things the way I've always done it. The only way I knew how. So while I was on that bed, those nurses made me get on my back as my doctor was coming to my room so that I could birth my baby. They physically put their hands on me and helped me get on my back. That is the moment where I realized, oh, they aren't for me they're for themselves like that was the moment that I realized like I wanted to do something outside of the system and they told me no and they made me do it their way they don't care about me and my baby they care about themselves their paycheck their liability their you know their convenience way before me (laughs) it was like one of those moments where it all clicked and I was like oh my gosh they've been doing this the entire time I see it so clearly now and that obviously put me on the journey of trying to find out if there was a different way to do things if I had to do it that way in the future and kind of got me, you know, into this birth work vibe (laughs) that I've been in for since then, pretty much. Um, When we went to go have our fourth baby, we decided that we were going to do things much differently. We were going to step outside of the system and do things in our home. But even if we got to the point of having a hospital birth, I knew that we would be doing things so much differently. We would not be doing things the cookie cutter way like we always had in the past. Now being a... um, Having gone through the system, having experienced that cookie cutter care, having gotten the same exact result as everybody else that goes through that system, I have a pretty good understanding of the system. And as somebody who's poured my life into birth work at this point, um, seeing it from the outside looking in after having been inside of it, it's so very blatant now that I, you know, have detached from that experience and and understand that there's different options and also understand that it doesn't have to look the way our doctors want it to look. I'll tell you guys a a secret. (laughs) We always talk about empowering women and like empowered birth and blah, blah, blah. And like, no one can empower you. That's something that you got to do yourself. 
And here's the secret. You have that power until you choose to give it away, whether you gave it away knowingly or, you know, it was coerced from you or whatever the case may be. It's in your hands until it leaves your hands, whether it was given or taken. I absolutely gave my power away because I didn't do my due diligence in informing myself and understanding the risks of the experience that I was signing myself up for. Now, I'm not saying these doctors are blameless, don't get me wrong, but it was my responsibility to know better. Now that I do know better, I can now do better. And I have a lot of mamas that come to me and say, I just want to do it better than last time. Cool. I love that. I'm here for that. I will help you do that. What does better mean? I need you to define that. What does better mean? And usually we start with their birth story and like, hey, what was that experience like? Okay, well, what didn't you like about it? And where do you think it went wrong? And how did you feel when this happened? And blah, blah, blah. How do you want to feel next time? How can we create that result? And that's kind of the work that I do with my clients, but also the work that I walk you guys through inside the birth prep course, kind of like the DIY version, <laughs> but also like step-by-step step, the whole preparation process from planning to execution, truly understanding how to keep the power in your hands the entire time. And that's really the beauty. That's, that's kind of like this whole, like take back your birth movement thing that's going on. Um, which I love, right? I'm a part of it. I want to see this beautiful, like, I'm like, I want to be a part of this revolution. We're going to flip the script. We're going to change the system. We're going to make birth better for our babies and for their babies and all the babies in the future. Like we're going to change things. Okay. Because we have so much information and we can do it. And there's definitely a shift that's happening. I know there is. It's funny because they haven't really put out a ton of information, even like the CDC, like there's statistics that they put out yearly. There's not a ton of information compared to the previous year. And I'm like, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Are those statistics changing drastically so much that we don't even want to let people know about it or we can't even track it or whatever the case may be? You know, your girl likes to hope and pray, right? <laughs> but we have a very broken system and that's totally fine. I can teach you guys how to navigate the system for what it is. I just want you guys to understand that it, it is absolutely rigged against you. And if you want the result that the medical system provides, the cookie cutter care and the medicalized birth experience and the cascade of interventions and the 39 week induction. Like if you want all that, cool, go for it. You don't have to do any prep work. They're going to walk you through the whole process and going to do whatever they want to do and need to do that day. And they're going to do their best to keep you alive. But sometimes that means by whatever means necessary. And obviously when you're in a medical crisis, you want to get the care that you need and deserve during that experience. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying the medical crises are being created by the system and how it functions. And a lot of it could be avoidable but we're not practicing evidence-based care because again, the system is set up to create repeat customers and maximize their profits. C-sections are so much more lucrative. It's not a surprise that one in three births ends in a C-section. They're pushing inductions at 39 weeks for the sake of helping you prevent a C-section, quote unquote, because of one crappy trial that you should look into because they're going to quote it and they're going to say, this is the best thing ever and we're going to save you from surgery. And it just makes so much sense that if we force your baby out, nothing bad will happen and actually have better outcomes than your body doing this naturally. Except do these doctors even know what naturally means? Because I was told I went in naturally for my first birth experience, but I went in after a membrane sweep which is a method of induction. And then as soon as I got there, they started me on Pitocin. So it was quite literally an induction. And I spent years thinking that that was a natural experience. Newsflash, that's not natural. When I watched my body do things uninterrupted for the very first time when I had my fourth baby, I was mind blown. 
I was so in awe at how my body perfectly and beautifully prepared for that moment, how it carried me through, how it stopped and rested when I needed rest. I was just in awe. And you will never, ever convince me that the medical model is a better option for low-risk mamas like myself. If you want access to the interventions, beautiful. But saying we need to push you through all of these interventions because this is just how we do things. This is how we like to do things. This is hospital policy. This is the rules here. I don't think that's very helpful. And evidence tells us that it's not. So here's what I see happen a lot. We're going to schedule that 39 week induction. You're going to get there. They're going to start all the medications to get your body going. And then those synthetic things in your body start to do those things that they say on the package that they probably do create distress for baby, um, you know, high blood pressure for mom, distress in your body because your body's not getting to rest in between contractions like you would being uninterrupted during a physiological experience. So now we got to come in. We got to break the waters because stuff isn't progressing fast enough. We're already on Pitocin. Now we're breaking the waters. Now things are getting even heavier and crazier. Now maybe we opted for the pain medication that we swore we weren't going to get because we prepared ourselves for this experience. We went to the hospital birth prep class. We read all the um, pregnancy apps every single day. We went to the OBGYN appointments. We asked all the questions. You know, I did everything I, I was told to do and I'm having a really hard time. And if you don't know about the fear, tension, pain cycle, when fear enters your body and tension well, fear enters your mind, tension enters your body, and then that pain starts starts working. Like the pain is not required. That happens because of the system. Like we have been taught to fear our birth experience. And when you are pushed into a situation like that, that is scary just walking into it. But then you get there and you're like, you're being told all these things. Oh, well, we have to do this and we have to do that. And somebody's going to come in and do this and you need to get your cervix checked and blah, 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 and all these things. And it's like, there's so many... <laughs> There's so many things that just the intervention after intervention after intervention. And then all of a sudden they come in and we're like, we can't hear baby's heart rate anymore. We got to wheel you back for an emergency C-section right the freak now. And then you become a mom on the OR table. Is this how all C-sections happen? No. But is it a common occurrence enough for it to be an issue to be talked about? Yes. (laughs) That's what they're creating. They're creating the need for more interventions. They're creating the need to save you and convince you, hey, your body didn't work. And next time you're going to need a C-section or next time you're going to need to be induced or next time we're going to need to intervene earlier or next time, you know, it's like we're creating repeat customers. And then what do you go do? You go tell your terrible, awful, traumatic birth story to all your friends who are pregnant and be like, oh my gosh, it was the worst thing ever, but it was so worth it. And then like, okay, they're going to go in expecting that exact same situation. And guess what? When they have that exact same situation, they're not going to question it. They're not going to think twice about it. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is how it always goes, right? It's how it always goes. My friend did it this way. My mom did it this way. My grandma did it this way. My auntie did it this way. Everybody did it the exact same way. So of course, this is the experience that I'm going to have. What they fail to tell us is that we are in control of the situation until we walk in and be like, okay, here, provider, take all of my authority. You get to call the shots. That's what I did. That's what I did. Because that's how I thought it was supposed to go. I was taught that you show up and you do things the way that everybody does them. And you listen to your doctor and they're there to help you. And they want what's best for you. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes they want what's best for their hospital or for their paycheck or for their, you know, liability or for whatever. I would say most things are for convenience sake. Lying on your back during pushing your baby out. Evidence tells us that is the worst position to birth your baby in. It literally has so many things that is not okay. The one, the number one thing 
The number one benefit of pushing on your back is giving your provider better access and view. Gosh, I don't know about you. I don't care about what my provider can see or not see or access or not. Like, gosh, if you don't want to get down there and pick up my baby after I squat that baby out, like, move over. My husband will do it. Somebody else will do it. Like, it's not that hard to catch a baby. Matt's done it. He just he just came in. I've caught a baby. <laughs> but that's just one tiny little example of how evidence-based care is being ignored for the convenience and well-being of our providers. Like, let's be real for a second. Who freaking matters that day? The person becoming a mother or having a, another baby, bringing forth literal life, or the guy who does this every day and gets paid for it because it's his freaking job. I'm sorry, if I'm paying you to do a service, you're going to do it my way or the highway. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's more of a stance that we need to take and understand like, hey guys, you guys are paying customers. You guys are paying for a service. You guys are expecting to be supported in your choices and in the experience that you're trying to create for yourself. You guys, I have said this so many times, but I'm going to say it again. Your team, meaning the people that you choose to have on your team and the people that you have paid to have on your team, whether they're loved ones or medical professionals, your team is your team. They're there to support you in achieving the goals that you have set for yourself that day. <laughs> Did you catch all the yous and yours in that phrase? You guys, we've got to be teaching our team how to support us. We've got to be setting expectations and demanding they be met. We need to start treating our providers like providers, not like these godly authority figures who know all because they went to college for eight years or whatever it is. I don't actually know how long it is, but you get my point. Your OBGYNs are not equipped and knowledgeable enough, in my opinion, <laughs> to attend a physiological birth experience and to support you well. They were quite literally trained to be surgeons and to implement the interventions they were taught how to implement. Even if you are not planning an unmedicated hospital birth, even if you're just planning a hospital birth, do you want to have the power in your hands to make informed decisions for yourself and for your baby? Or do you want somebody else making the decisions for you? The language that's being used is not the informed consent that we want and deserve. It's, hey, we're just gonna pop in for a cervical check. Hey, the doctor's gonna come in and break your waters. Hey, we need to get started on Pitocin. Things aren't moving as fast as we'd like. That's not informed consent. That's, that's called implied consent. Meaning if you don't say no, that's all they need. But what happens to the mamas who don't know that they can say no? Who come in and they hear their nurse say, hey, the doctor's on their way in to come and break your waters because things aren't moving fast enough. Taylor, I don't think they'd ever do that. Mm, think again. They did it to me. That little line I just shared came straight from my birth story. You know, after they did the same thing with Pitocin and the IV and all the other things. We have to, we have to, we gotta, we're coming, we're doing, we're gonna. As a first time 22 year old young woman who took the hospital birth class and who was showing up for this experience, I didn't know that I could say no. I didn't know there were other options. I was there being told what to do. And of course, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to do it because that's how I was taught. That's the only experience I'd ever seen and ever known. I want to ask you a question. How do you want to feel the day you have your baby? How do you want to feel the day you become a mom, the day you meet the beautiful next love of your life? If it's not your first. How do you want to feel? I of course, felt all the beautiful feelings. This baby is here. I'm so excited, so happy that she's here. But also I felt traumatized and defeated and just freaking so sad. I was so sad sitting there being like, oh my gosh, that was so much, so much worse than I thought it was going to be. And I remember sitting there thinking how I was ever going to live through that experience again. 
I don't want that for you. So I want you guys to get really clear. How do you want to feel before, during, and after you birth your baby? Then you can figure out what result is going to create those feelings for you and for your husband, partner, whatever. You guys deserve a beautiful experience and it's available to you. It's just something that has been robbed from us for so long. We don't know any different. So excited that you are part of this revolution of mamas taking their births back because truthfully and honestly, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I know taking my birth back was so redemptive, so healing. It was an amazing experience, even though it was really hard and really, really painful and really, really long. It was still one of the most beautiful births I've ever experienced. And I will remember it for the rest of my life because that was the very first time that I was the one in control in my birth space. And that was the most magical feeling in the entire world. As soon as I had that baby, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, you know, that was so hard and so long. It was, I can't wait to do this again. Literally, I said that out loud out of my mouth. And that was supposed to be our last baby. <laughs> I just want you to kind of get a glimpse of what's available for you when you take that power back and you keep it in your hands. And it's not that we're taking the power back. It never leaves your hands until you let them take it or you give it away. So I want you to understand that right now, the power is yours. I want to teach you how to keep your hands on that power the entire time. That is what I teach you guys inside of the birth prep course, which is open today. So exciting. I also have some super awesome bonuses coming for you guys this round. And if you are already a student and you're tuning in, you're like, oh, I want that bonus. Girl, I got you. I'm not going to nickel and dime you. You get the bonuses too. I am going to be hosting next Friday, which is going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the, gosh, where's my calendar? I think it's the 26th. Yes, it's the day before. It's the day before my my anniversary. <laughs> my oldest is turning seven, which is so cool. Um, but that Friday, the 26th, I am going to be hosting a preparation party. It's going to be a live event. You guys are welcome to come. It's going to be a lot of fun. I have, um, oh, I've got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, we're basically going to be creating your custom preparation strategy for your desired experience. So I'm going to teach you guys how to create a strategy, like an action-based, here's what needs to be done in this order. Here's what we need to accomplish before the birth. Here's what we need to do over in this area. Here's what needs to be prepared over here. We're going to create that strategy together on Zoom all together. I obviously have a training plan for you guys. You guys are going to have um, the opportunity to ask questions and chat with me. I think it's going to be really fun. And then the second bonus, surprise, surprise, the 29th, which I believe is a Monday. No, I could be totally wrong on that. It is. It's a Monday. There's going to be a new training added to the birth prep course. It's going to live in there permanently. Matt and I are doing a little workshop for you guys all about birthing together and preparing your partner and coming together in unity to pull off an amazing harmonious experience so i'm excited to be offering those for you guys this round i'm gonna leave the link in the show notes as always if you have any questions about the birth prep course feel free to email me or dm me on instagram i'd love to chat with you about it to see if it's a, the right fit for you if it's going to serve you in your goals for your birth experience i am not going to sit here and say i'm for everybody if you don't want to learn from me that's fine but i'm assuming if you're listening to the podcast you like me and you like what i have to say <laughs> I do absolutely strongly recommend you taking a third party birth preparation course, childbirth education, whatever the case may be, whatever you choose to do. Um, it doesn't have to be mine, but I really strongly urge you to find somebody that you want to learn from and purchase their course, um, get their coaching, do whatever you need to do to learn what they have to offer you. You guys are going to want somebody that's outside of the medical model 
on your side, teaching you the things that you need to know in order to navigate said model. I love that I get to be a part of that. So head to the show notes to check out the birth prep course and I will chat with you guys again soon. I have an exciting episode on Tuesday coming for my mamas, second time, third time, fourth time mamas who want to do it better than last time. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys then. Happy prepping. Thank you.